1: This year, Americans will head to the polls once again for the 60th U.S. presidential election. But before this happens, our neighbors to the south will elect their next president. This year, Mexico is likely to make history by electing their first-ever female president, as both frontrunners are women. But on top of being a symbolic milestone, experts note that this cycle in particular is a crucial moment for
0: democracy as a whole in Latin America. For 70 years, Mexico had a one-party system in which the same party held power until 2000. That was when the first major clean elections took place in the government and a shift in the system happened. What's happening now in Mexico that makes the upcoming elections interesting is a series of attempts by people in power to undermine the independence of the National Electoral Institute and the context in which the upcoming presidential elections will take place.
1: That's Tamara Terasuk broner the Rule of Law Program Director at the Inter-American Dialogue, a U.S. think tank focusing on issues in Latin America and the Caribbean. Terasuk broner says the goal of this program is to support public policies that strengthen democracy in the region, and Mexico is a key part of this.
0: Mexico is an extremely important country for the region. And it's important because it's bordering the United States. It's important because it's one of the top economies in the region. And it could play a fundamental leading role in the region if it adopts non-ideological foreign policy that is respectful of basic principles and democracy and rights. The
1: two front runners in this race are Claudia Sheinbaum and Sochil Galvez. Shane Baum is the former mayor of Mexico City and a member of the Morena Party, a left wing populist group started by the sitting president Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, also known as AMLO. As president, AMLO's biggest achievement has been reducing poverty by expanding social programs. Now his six year term is coming to an end and voters are eager for more change. Although AMLO and the Morena Party are very popular, Tarasuk Broner says that some of the current president's tactics have raised some red
0: flags. What he's done in the context of his presidency is push for a series of measures that have undermined independent institutions. So what we've seen during his presidency is, on the one hand, harassment of political opponents, independent media, civil society, we've seen an escalating militarization of the country, not just of public security, but a military that is stronger and stronger and today basically you know, controlling large parts of the economy and government. And we've also seen a series of attempts to undermine independent institutions linked to access to information, the judiciary and the National Electoral Institute that has the responsibility to oversee and implement elections in the country. AMLO has strongly backed Shane Baum, who's currently leading in the polls
1: and is favored to win the presidency. However, this predominance raises some concerns amongst experts.
0: The problem is that we have a president that has followed an authoritarian playbook that we've seen in the region elsewhere. With someone that comes to power through elections, but once in power, he's turned his back on these basic democratic guarantees like, you know, an independent press or civil society or judicial independence or an electoral autonomy. And this creates a context in which it's going to be hard for these elections to take place in a completely fair playing field in particular because this is the first time since the year 2000 when Mexico voted to end these 70 years of one-party rule in which the state is actively supporting the ruling party's candidate, which is the Mexico City mayor. She's Claudia Sheinbaum, and she's López Obrador's political heir, and she will benefit from government resources and media access in a context in which you don't have an electoral institution that is strong enough to actually level that playing field. On the other side, Shane
1: Baum's leading opponent, Sochil Galvez, faces a number of unique challenges in this year's race. I think
0: the key thing to know about Sochil Galvez is she's also a technocrat that knows, you know, she has a lot of government experience. She has her indigenous origins that she is, has it studied and she is and she has expertise on technical issues, but she faces a huge challenge which is leading a very diverse coalition. A former senator, Galvez, now
1: leads the coalition called Broad Front for Mexico. But this isn't your typical political party. Instead, the group is made up of three different Mexican political parties from across the ideological spectrum. One uphill battle will be Galvez's ability to rally these groups together to support her candidacy.
0: And the other thing that I think is important about this election is that it's very likely that Mexico is going to have its first female president this year, but there is still uncertainty about what the future of women's rights in Mexico is going to be, even in that scenario, because neither candidate has done much to champion the cause of women and women's issues in their past government and non-government experience.
1: On top of a new president, this year's election cycle in Mexico will also see an entirely new Congress. With all of these positions up for grabs, some key public policy changes will likely be put in place. But why should Americans care about the political changes happening in Mexico?
2: The truth is that complex interdependence with Mexico is an irreversible reality. And it's a result of millions of individual decisions by migrants, by investors, by employers, by consumers, all of them more important than public officials in shaping the relationship. That the flow of people, capital, goods, services, and ideas back and forth across the border in terms of millions of people on a daily basis is uh, something that's been going on for decades.
1: That's Abraham Lowenthal, Professor Emeritus of International Relations at the University of Southern California. Lowenthal founded the Latin American program at the Woodrow Wilson Center, in addition to creating the Inter-American Dialogue and the Pacific Council.
2: Most of the relationship between Mexico and the United States is not only close, but it's mutually beneficial. And it's positive impacts on both sides of the border. This is not just a question of rhetoric or culture. In the economy, Mexico has displaced China as the largest export market of the United States. It accounts, the the trade between the United States and Mexico accounts for 15% of all U.S. trade going out. And it's Mexican labor in the United States. Immigrant labor is a major contributor to U.S. economic growth.
1: The policies put in place by the next Mexican president and Congress will have strong impacts on U.S. economy and trade. Even domestic issues like public safety will be felt across the border. Tara broner and Lowenthal agree that Mexico and the U.S. must come together to solve problems like violence and drug and human trafficking.
0: One of the key problems in Mexico today continues to be violence. The violent situation in certain states with organized crime, drug trafficking, gangs controlling certain areas, and the escalating homicide rates, extortion rates, pose a huge challenge that the next government is going to have to address by not only adopting a punitive approach, a sending people to jail if they commit crimes, but also addressing the root causes of violence. And for that, you need a very clear coordination with US authorities and other governments in the region, because what we're seeing is an expansion of organized crime networks throughout the region.
1: While this election will impact U.S.-Mexico relations, both experts agree that this relationship could change entirely depending on the outcome of the U.S. presidential election in November. To find out more about this topic, democracy in Latin America, and our guests, Tamara Tereshuk-Broner and Abraham Lowenthal, head to ViewpointsRadio.org. This segment was written by our associate producer, Tabor Brewster. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio production manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Coming up next week. So I had a case that lasted over 10 years. And then there were appeals and it just went on and on and on. This person was part of my life for 10 years. I happened to like her a lot, so it was okay. But yeah, it was awful. We
2: speak with a prominent divorce attorney about the biggest misconceptions, clashes, and more. Then if trauma doesn't come then, if that kind of injury to us doesn't come during young adulthood and midlife, it will definitely come if we're lucky enough to grow old.
1: Trauma, just another part of life. I'm Marty Peterson.
2: And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints.